that band. Nice. All right. Thanks, Steve, showing off over there, but he's good. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Again, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. All right. Again, Let's celebrate our 40th anniversary together. Uh, Gary's got some sort of game. I think the point of the game is to show you how little we remember about our... Uh, of the 40 years we've been together. Yeah, we'll see how we do. I hope I win. What can I tell you? How I know I won't. How is played? Do we have rules? I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, first of all, Tell I'm a little me. worried because I thought these were easy questions, and you don't even know that this is a year. A, you don't even know this is your 40th year. So well, who the hell would know that? What do you think? I'm sitting there keeping a diary. Yeah, well, who's watching? Yeah. Okay. You, happy 40th or happy happy 40th anniversary, Howard and Robin. You you uh, you've been together since March 2nd of 1981. Mm. And just to give you an idea, Bryce Dallas Howard was born that day. The number one song in the country was "I Love a Rainy Night" by Eddie Rabbit. And that same year, there was an assassination attempt on President Reagan. First woman was wow. elected to the Supreme Court. And most importantly, the two of you met each other. I remember that together. because um, I put out a song parody called I Shot Ron Reagan. Yeah. I shot Ron Reagan, but I did not shoot. Uh, I don't know. Can't remember the words. In retrospect, it was fairly lame. But at the time, very edgy. <laughs> very, very edgy. Um, yeah. And... What Maybe now you're trying to remember things. Maybe that's a question. Now I've got the answer. Good. You know what? We'll win. Eddie Rabbit. <laughs> you know what? Love he looked like a fucking night. rabbit, that guy. I remember him. He did. Very he looked hairy. Like, <laughs> looked like he could, uh, he could eat a couple of carrots. No problem. Eddie Rabbit. I remember what happened to that guy. Did he die? He died. He died. The COVID? I'm pretty sure he died. No, it was. I think it was a couple of years before. I remember being... Kind of oh. bummed about it. He had, he was, uh, you were bummed out that Eddie Rabbit died? Yeah, John and I like bad AM uh, music, and we were just kind of like, there wow. were just songs that we grew up with. Now, there's a fucking headline. Someone on the planet was bummed out that Eddie Rabbit was gone, okay? I'm sure his family is really overjoyed. Here's the crazy thing you never would have predicted back then. Forty years ago, Robin and I meet, Ronald Reagan gets shot, and now 40 years later... John Hinckley is on YouTube playing his songs, and he's out. Yeah. Of, he's he's not even in jail. Go predict that. Go predict that. It's fucking crazy. Think about it. Well, the two of you have been to a lot together, through a lot together over the forty years. You battled with the FCC, Howard. You had a movie called Private Parts. You both mm. have memoirs and book tours. Robin, you beat cancer, which was amazing. Uh, you dominated terrestrial radio. Just, just and then stick to how I'm amazing, not Robin. <laughs> And then you got you found great success at Sirius XM, which is no easy task going over to a new medium. That was a great thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, such amazing career. So so many incredible moments. And the best part is the two of you seem to remember none of it. So we made a game to see who knows the most about their 40 years together. Right. So here's how the game's going to work. We're going to alternate questions. If somebody right. gets it wrong, the other one can steal the question. Uh, okay. We have some audio questions. And John Hine is our judge and our scorekeeper. So I guarantee you, I'm going to tell you right up front. You're not going to need John Hine to keep score because I'm not going to remember anything. I you I might. never remember. You just I don't know. You're talking about the John Hinckley parody. I didn't remember that. Robin, you win. I I quit. <laughs> I quit the contest. <laughs> oh, Eddie Rabbit died in 1998 of lung cancer. Oh. I wonder if he was a smoker. Do you worry about that, Gary? Because you smoked pretty heavy. Do you worry you might die of lung cancer? I think, you know, it's funny. I was just filling out some stuff for insurance and it asked, have you smoked like in the last, you know, have you smoked in the last five years? So I, I'm hoping that it's been since 2004 or five 
I'm hoping the lungs supposedly can regenerate. So I think yeah. I'm okay. But yeah, I worry about it sometimes. All right. Okay. I smoked for a couple of years. I worry about it. Robin was a smoker too. Yeah, I smoked I think for she 10 quit. years. Yeah. I smoked a little less, thank God. Yeah. Man, I smoked like a fiend. By the time I met you, Robin, I wasn't even smoking anymore. No, you. I've never seen you smoke. Yeah. You don't want to see it. I'm not very cool. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> I remember there was a closet. This is I do remember. There was a closet at K-Rock that Gary used to hide in and smoke. <laughs> I, not only did I not hide, but I wasn't the only one smoking in there, but it was a tiny little thing. And at one point I had them run uh, a wire, you know, so I could go down there and listen to the show while I smoked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an addict. All right. Who starts, Robin or me? Who gets the first well, for, question? First of all, we're going to dive in. Howard, there's a, there's a song that you can hit clip one. That's a, a song that introduces I got to hit game. the song. Why do I got to hit the song? It's my, I'm supposed to be a contestant. You guys are playing hey out. Welcome Good. to the Howard and Robin 40th anniversary <laughs> game. Thank you. We're going down memory lane, covering the good. Robin, you know how much I love you. Forever. The bad. Just shut up, Robin. You sound ridiculous. Fuck you, sir. And everything in between. <laughs> it was crazy. My breasts are fully exposed. I'm Fartman. Oh, it is nuts. And now your host of the Howard and Robin 40th anniversary game, Hello. Gary Baba Booey Delabate. Oh, I thought it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. I didn't know. <laughs> or Mayim Kalalik. All right, so we're going to go uh, ladies first. Robin, you're going to get the first question. All right. When Howard got fired from WNBC in New York for being too much of a liability in 1985, you both took over afternoons at New York's K-Rock. Who knew Who that? Who was the morning man when you started at K-Rock? Oh, that's oh. easy. Jay Thomas. Oh, come on. Even I knew that. That is correct. Here's a clip of Jay's debut when he came to work at Sirius. Jay thought he was going to be broadcasting from your studio, Howard, and he was uh, sadly mistaken. Oh. Uh, we thought we were going to use his uh, his studio, but we're not allowed to uh, go in there. And um, so uh, why can't we use the <clears throat> the main uh, studio in there? Why are we using another? I mean, that's part of the fun was that the cameras and the... And all the toys and... Yeah, like, and, the, and I, I was told that we can't sit in his chair because he's superstitious. Yes. No. First of all, I love Jay. Rest in peace, Jay. Jay's, you know, yeah. I gave Jay a job. But, did you uh, tell him he wasn't going to be in the studio? How did he fuck get that yeah. Uh, well, I didn't tell Jay anything. I wasn't going to, you know, sit there and direct him. We had people for that. But no, when I, once I got famous enough, I never again wanted to share a studio with any disc jockey. Early in my career, it was disgusting. You'd go on mic and you would smell the fucking previous disc jockey's shitty breath on the on the windscreen <laughs> i used to remove the windscreen it was so disgusting uh and you know just even touching the equipment that's why disc jockeys always get colds but once i got successful i said you know what i think i had read that rick d's had his own studio i go that's a damn ass good idea no one touching my setup no one touching my equipment no one touching the um the, the way i set the compression i just want everything perfect and nobody is to touch it. So no offense to Jay. I wasn't letting anybody in that studio. Yeah, this isn't the Howard 101 studio. Sorry. No. Oh, I like that when you do that. You know what it makes me think of? I, I, I imagine something's caught in your throat. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't want to say what I'm a gentleman. Well, something is gotten by the road. Did you oh, guys? Yeah. Did you guys ever figure out like wh- what is your theory on why? Kind of like there was throat? triple load caught in that throat. That's what uh, all the guys were fantasizing. Yes, Gary, what did you say? What, what is your theory on on why you got fired from NBC? Because I got some notes and there's two different theories. I know I'm just why. Curious. I don't. I was there. They fired. Is that they fired, a question brought... from the contest? No. <laughs> you just want to know. <laughs> I know exactly why. Randy Barngarten said to me. Grant Tinker and all of them heard you on the air the other day, and you were going to do beastie. He pulled me in his car. He goes, you're going to do bestiality dial-a-date. I go, Randy, I'm just calling it. It's just a guy calling him with his dog, and he's going to meet like a woman who likes dogs. You know what I mean? It's not. No one's going to fuck a dog. Well, these guys are all up in arms. They say, this is the last straw. You cannot do bestiality dial-a-date. I go, but it's ridiculous. Nobody's fucking any dogs. Just don't do it. You can do what you want, but don't do that. Well, I heard don't do that. And what I do, I went on the air and I said, okay, <laughs> let's play bestiality dial today. We did it. We stupid. And they fired me. And Randy had said to me, don't do it. They're going to fire you. Know, you. That's a Randy was, Randy was uh, in an A&E biography on you. And he said, uh, NBC felt there was a real potential that they could really be embarrassed by you. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. (laughs) Well, and you know what? Best thing ever happened to me. So there you go. And my agent, Don Buckwald, said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, mister. Thank you. (laughs) But uh, my agent, uh, Don Buckwald, walked in with champagne the day they fired me. And he said, this is the best thing ever happened to you. And I couldn't, I I was like, this guy may be. Maybe he ain't. Yeah, are you sure you want to put your life in his hands? Yeah, are you sure that's my agent? But he was right. He was 100% right. It was the best yes, thing that ever was. happened. Blah, 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 blah. All right, come on. Let's get on with this game. I got I to gotta rack up some points. Robin's ahead. All right, Howard, you're up. It's a question for you. It's a question from Denise Oliver, who is the program director at DC 101, and she introduced the two of you. That's yes. true. Hi, Howard. Hi, Robin. It's hey, Denise, Denise Oliver. I introduced you to each other 40 years ago. And I am so delighted and honored to wish you a happy anniversary. Who would have thought 40 years ago that you'd go through all these trials and tribulations and have the incredible success that you've had? And nobody deserves it more. Which comedian marched into the general manager's office at WNBC to tell him to lay off and let Howard do his show? Softball. First of all, well, yours was easy, too, so... (laughs) But first of all, but I don't want you to have easy ones. <laughs> thank you, Denise, for uh, you know teaming me up with Robin. She was the I said, yes, that I was said, Denise, brilliant. I said, Denise, you got somebody who knows how to talk on microphone. <laughs> she goes, I think I do. I'm going to get you on a phone call with this woman, Robin Quivers, and uh, we made magic right away. So thank you, Denise. By the way, I want to say Denise had out of all the program directors I worked for, she had the best body. Oh, they, she would wear beautiful well, who else? outfits. Did you ever? Uh, yeah, we did have other women program. Did we? Yes, we, we did. We, you know, I tried to start a program director beauty contest. <laughs> Although we had Pat Evans. Pat Evans had a nice body, too. That's happened to right. her. She's, uh, um, she's no longer with us either. No longer oh, with that's us. right. Yeah. What a shame. She's a lovely woman. What happened to her? A couple her? Of years ago. I don't know. Super sad. She um she passed. Sorry to hear that. She had a nice body, too. Hmm, that'd be a good matchup, Denise versus Pat Evans. But, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do? We can't do that. Pat you Evans can't have it now. Waited too long. I bet you, is Denise married or single? Does anyone know? She's with someone not married. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Somebody's probably having a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 
getting back to the question at hand, the comedian who marched into the general manager's office, I've said this many times, was uh, David Brenner. Yes. David Brenner. So, Howard, let Denise give you the answer. Okay. And the answer is David Brenner, who right. I actually worked with later on when he was syndicated by Westwood One. He was a really good guy. He was a great guy. Yes. What a what a mensch. This guy, he didn't have to do it. He said, you know what I just did? I walked into that. He didn't even, I don't even think he told me I heard about it. He goes, I walked into that Dom Fearavani's office. Was that his name? And I said, you got the greatest radio personality in the world here. And you should start respecting him. And you should start letting him do his thing. And I said, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, David Brenner, great guy. Treated yeah, me like a, a human being. He went in and he stuck up for me. Can you imagine he did that? He didn't have to do that. This guy was a big deal. He was filling in for Johnny Carson. He had he had the world at his fingertips. And uh, he he said some beautiful things to NBC management about me. He stuck up for me. He just he decided to do that on his own. Used to invite me over to his townhouse like I was a normal person and let me be part of his parties, like with real guests, famous people. All of a sudden, I was like, you're kidding me. I feel important. Treated me well. Rest in peace, David Brenner. Best yeah, line he ever had. Anymore either. David famously would, um, he shaved years off his actual age. He wanted to be, you know, young and relevant. He's in show business. He's a comic. So he lied about his age. And one day I asked him about it and he said, Howard, I'm so old now. I hate the age I'm at that I lied about. <laughs> you, Howard, you know how people usually take two or three, like a year or two off? I believe he took nine years off his age. Yeah, and he, 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 I said, how old are you? He goes, I'm embarrassed to even say the age I, I lie about. Can you imagine? <laughs> that was great. What did in David Brenner? Like, what, what hurt him? What killed him? He should was still be with us. Was it with him, too? I don't know. Gary, give me an answer. I don't remember. Mm. I thought it was old age. Gary. Oh, stop it. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy could have been 100 years old. <laughs> <That old. laughs> Who knows? One other thing he said to me, I am, I made a lot of money in my life. I'm going to die broke. And I think he, like he kind of went through all the money. I think he got that wish too. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. He liked to he spend. Said, that guy liked he to did. spend. He lived. He lived a life. He sure did. All right. You ready for your next question? Who's that? Robin, go ahead. Robin, you're up. All right. So, so in 1986, the FCC adopted new restrictions. We got fined a lot. They had a hands-off policy for years. All of a sudden they were up our ass. Howard got pissed off, and we decided to do uh, an FCC Freedom Rally. Um, hmm. You remember we did that at the UN? Oh, yeah. Dag yes. uh, Shaw Plaza. Good. That's not the question, but that should have I been know. the question. You're and, absolutely and, right and at the UN. Keep giving me answers, uh, Howard. Keep yeah, reading. who cares? Yeah, I'll feed you. <laughs> well, Come over here. I'll feed you. <laughs> you remember the, ra the rally was kind of famous for a moment yeah. where a TV actor that we had invited yelled, uh, fuck the FCC, live on the air. Can you name the actor? Yeah, it was can. Grandpa Al. Grandpa Al Lewis of the Munsters, of course. That is correct. And here's a clip of Grandpa Al uh, yelling. We're here because we all have a purpose in being here. And that purpose is to say, fuck the FCC. Oh, God. He almost got us fired. Yeah. That all went right, out live. Grandpa, get out of here. Oh, Grandpa. man. 
He was like, he thought that we were saying fuck on the air and he wanted, it, it just was all, it was a mess. I think, and, I don't know that he didn't just think he was talking to those people in that plaza. <laughs> no, no, he knew we were on the radio. But the crazy thing was because we were doing, you know, again, our technical uh, acumen wasn't that great. Because we were live somewhere that day, we weren't on delay. So right, that, like, went out. really went out, man. And, and then I think the FCC thought that we were like thumbing our nose at them. It was not a good day. No. David David Brenner died from cancer, by the way. All right, come on, continue the game. We'll, we'll be here all morning. Howard, you're up. Here's a question from uh, Frank Flores, the great former sales manager at K-Rock. All right. Hi, Howard and Robin. This is Frank Flores, and I want to wish you a very happy anniversary. On the show, I told Howard and Robin about an out-of-body experience I had had following a surgical procedure. What yeah. was the procedure? Uh, I'll never forget it. When I hear yeah. the name Frank Flores, I remember exactly the story because it fucking gives me the chills. My man was having dick problems, and uh, he said to me, I'm uh, uncircumcised. I'm going to go get a circumcision. And Frank, as a grown man, good-looking dude, too, Frank went ahead and got an adult circumcision. He said it was so fucking painful. That, it, you know, he says, that's why they circumcise. He says, when you do it to babies, they don't have a memory of it. But um, Frank, Frank's the man. I love that guy. Frank Flores, great guy. Here's something about him. He left uh, our radio station to become chief revenue officer at the Spanish Broadcasting Systems and then head of sales for National Latino Broadcasting. So uh, Yeah, I spoke, to him. I spoke to him last week. He's, um, he's uh, not only substitute teaching grade two through eight, but he and his daughter started the first organic hair salon in New Jersey. So organic me, hair salon? What's he doing? Why did he leave radio? Teaching. For organic, for organic hair salon. Like, I think he's like semi-retired. How old a guy is he? I don't know. I, th I My vague recollection was he was like close to 40 when he had the circumcision. And that would have been but, like in the early 90s. So he could be close to 70. Did you ever want to fuck him, Robin? Because he was a oh, good looking dude. Oh, he was cute. What are you talking we, about? You had a little crush? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I had, around. <laughs> sometimes I'd see your eyes light up when I saw Frank walk around. <laughs> Fuck me. Yes, Robin, of course. But he Fuck was, me um, married. He's, uh, yeah, of course. He would never cheat. But, uh, yeah, Frank Big Flores. Big energy. The guy's so how teaching, it, substitute teaching. He was a great salesman. What, what, yeah. what? Shows you how the radio business loses a lot of good people. This guy, he, you know, he was a hustler. And I mean that in a good way. And, uh, yeah, he had big dick energy, but he got that thing circumcised. And motherfucker, this, the horror <laughs> the story. The... I know. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he Rob. Was, he was in <laughs> terrible pain. That penis, is the correct penis, answer. Penis. That is the correct answer. And Frank can tell you himself that that's the correct answer. The answer is circumcision. Right. Of course. We're never going to forget that. Yeah. These, these are easy. <laughs> Go ahead. Robin's up. All right. Robin, you're up. So, you know, in October of 2004, we announced we were going to, uh, we're leaving Terrestrial Radio and going to Sirius Satellite Radio, but we had like 14 months left. And, uh, the company didn't want us promoting that we were going to this new place. So we were instructed not to say the word Sirius on the air at all. What did we say? What did we say instead of Sirius? Oh, I know that. Now we're getting tough. I see. I'm going to steal. Yeah, because you used to say it all the time. I didn't have to say it. Yeah, you should have paid attention, though. 
We all say fuck. <laughs> yeah, but he said it all the time because he'd right. start a conversation about that other place. See, and this is why I don't want to call it. I don't want to play against Robin. She starts getting upset if she loses. So give her that. But I need an answer. I'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll need an answer. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I I don't remember. All right. I got okay. the deal. Howard, we used to steal it. we used to be on K Rock Radio. They didn't want me saying the name, eh, so I said eh eh eh. Well, let's play the answer. Yeah, we're moving to eh. eh. eh, eh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're gonna eh, need eh. a ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, eh. I would never remember that. Really. Jeez, I'm, no. I'm kind of proud I got one right that you didn't you didn't remember. Okay, now now I go again. I could really move ahead. So John Heim, what's the score? Mm. Ah. Gary Howard is in the lead, three to two. Robin. And now you have <laughs> and now you have a question, Howard. Nice. I'm not going to get it right, so Robin won't feel bad. I'll no, 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 stop it. You know how you get. You like to win. You never win any contest you have with me, so <laughs> this will be the one. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead, Gary. Okay, so Private Parts was a book you wrote in 1993. It debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, in 1997, Private Parts was turned into a movie directed by Betty Thomas, produced by Ivan Reitman. Howard, Robin, and the staff played themselves. During the filming of Private Parts, what famous band member thought Mary McCormick, who played your wife in the movie, was in fact your real wife? Jeez, Robin, you're going to be able to band steal. Band member. Let me think. Band member. Somebody thought I was really married to Mary. In other words, that, that was my wife playing my wife. Yes. Jeez, I mean, I don't, I would have no idea. Let me, I'm going to take a guess, though. I know ACDC was in the movie. Slash was in the movie. The Snyder. Uh, Flavor Flav. There was a lot of rock stars in that movie, especially the opening scene. Um, can I call a friend? No? It's not no, it's okay. not a millionaire. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, Angus Young of ACDC. I don't know. That is not correct, Robin. Here's your chance to steal. And get back to even. Correct. You know who you should say, Robin? I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Ozzy. Well, I'm helping you. I don't okay. want you to lose. What about Ozzy <laughs> was in the movie? Ozzy's, you know, Ozzy's like, what the fuck? Ozzy Where was am I? in the movie. Yeah. But I'm going to say, yeah, Ozzy's a good one now. Yeah. I'm hoping you get it right. Trying to help. See me. All right. I'm going to say Ozzy. Right. And sadly, you are both incorrect. Although, Howard, you were so close. You picked the wrong member of ACDC. It was Brian Johnson. Here's uh, Brian explaining what happened. I've got to tell you this, and you know, I feel a bit of a chump. But the the lady, uh, the, the pregnant lady that played his wife, I, I really did think it was his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I struck up a conversation with him, saying, "It must be, it must be mad, but you know, it must be crazy being mad." <laughs> and it wasn't until about five minutes later she said, I, "I'm just an actress. I'm not his wife." I felt a complete twit. You know what's sad about that story? I thought she was my real wife. <laughs> the, the I started to believe. Brian also thought she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that was a big pillow in her. He went for the whole thing. <laughs> the best thing Mary McCormick has ever done, and she's had a very good career. 
But um, we used to put her in the pregnant outfit for the movie. And then when it was downtime, she'd walk out on the street in Manhattan and light up a cigarette yeah, while she was and, in the pregnant outfit. With that big belly. <laughs> and I, I wish I had film of it. People would shoot her looks because she's smoking with her baby. And it was, you know, it was like a big nine-month pregnancy. And they, and one woman came up to her and said, shame on you. You're a pregnant woman. They were yelling at her. I was laughing my ass off. It was the greatest Howard, thing I ever saw. Yeah. Before before Mary knew she was going to be a star in the movie, she talked in an interview about getting the script for the movie. She said, I was thinking, oh, my God, I can't do Howard Stern's movie. I was almost insulted. I was like, is this the only thing I can get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, she loved it. She loved it. And she was great in it. You know why? You know, some people have said, I read an article. They said that Mary McCormick is the greatest actress that ever lived, even better than Meryl Streep, because she had to act like she was attracted to Howard Stern. <laughs> and they said that's Oscar worthy. She should have gotten the Oscar <laughs> for that role. Shame on you. Yeah. It was makeout scenes. She had to go vomit several times during the making of the movie. It was very, very difficult for her. But, uh, yeah, she great, great you. woman. I love her. I do love her. I started to, you know, I didn't know anything about acting. So I go, well, she's playing my wife. I love her. And I fell in love with her. That was it. <laughs> I was like, are we going to go home after the shoot and maybe make love? What, where are no, you I'm going? Here. It's time to go home, honey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you got to make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you got chores. Uh, great woman. I still see Mary to this day. Yeah. Yep. Now she got three kids. She didn't have husband. any. She didn't have a husband. She didn't have anything. Oh, she when was. Knew her. She had Back a boyfriend. Then. She had a boyfriend. Yeah, I but did. he didn't last. <laughs> that, that's because of me. I said, listen, I think you're my wife and you shouldn't be dating. <laughs> you shouldn't be dating. <laughs> yeah. Very sexy woman. What can I do? But, uh, you know, Howard, do you remember, um, and she talked about it on our show in 2003, Julia Louise Dreyfus actually tested for the part but did not get it. That's not exact. Well, uh, all right, let's let's say that. That's what she, she said on the show. She, what did well, you call her? Julia Louise Dreyfus. Julie Louis Dreyfus. Louis, Louis Dreyfus. Louis, not Louise. Julia Louise. <laughs> Lu Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> You're the host. Gary you can't get that <laughs> you don't know it's Julia Louis Dreyfus? It's Julia Louis. <clears throat> like Louis Louis Louis. Gary. Oh, yeah. She's terrific. She was, yeah, we actually did a screen test together. The, the truth is, she would have had the part. She had something going on in LA. She's being nice. You know, she would, you know, and then they said, well, we got to go find someone. And then Mary got it because, you know, she was so good. She she was really good, but uh, but that's true. Julia Louis Dreyfus. There's I got film of us actually doing some scenes together. But she's she's a lot shorter than I am too. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Would that have been difficult? Were they going to put you in a truck in a ditch, or they were going to put you her in a box? I said to Ivan, <laughs> she's. I mean, I love her, but don't we look a little awkward together? She he goes, we'll put you, we'll put her on a box, put you in a ditch. She's a big name. <laughs> but okay. Anyway, no, she, yeah, that, that's a true story. All right, what else you got? Well, let's so, get an update on the score. John, what's the score? Score. Gary Howard leads three to two, but Robin's up, and she can tie things up right now. Never mind an update on the score. What's an update on the date? I feel like I've been sitting here for 17 years. Yes, we're at our 41st anniversary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
All right, Robin, All right, here, Robin. here you go. Here's a question for you from Mark Chernoff, program director at K-Rock from 89 <laughs> to 93, although he went on to be the program director of WFAN for nearly 30 years, and he has a question for you. Right. Happy anniversary to both of you. This is Mark Chernoff, a former program director at 92.3 K-Rock. Remember way back when, every year, K-Rock ran the Hungerthon, which was to raise money for hungry people um, around the New York metropolitan area and even around the country. And I had asked you if you would participate, and you said, sure, I'll get Robin to participate and Fred to participate. We'll help donate a lot of money. But you said, we need you to do a couple of things in order to get the donation. Can you name those two things? Mm, I remember two that. things. I remember the big thing. Yeah, that's what I remember. Let's see. It was big. The, the big thing was showing Howard his penis. Yeah, the pro he was the program writer. I said, you got to show me your penis. What was the <laughs> other thing? What else? Oh, I know what he had to do. I know what he had to do. I got oh, this. Oh, darn it. So I shouldn't have. Well, you I, knew it anyway. So wait a minute. What was the second thing? I know it. Oh, you're in trouble. I got it. Yeah, because I don't know. Final okay. answer, Robin? Yes. Howard, you can steal. So Mark Chernoff is have our half program a point? <laughs> Give her a half a point, please. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear you complaining. <laughs> Um, no, you got to you got to hear this. First of all, Mark Chernoff was our program director, and you know I always thought Mark was a nice guy and everything, but I didn't think he'd go very far. And um, he was not only the program director, but when he left us, he went on to program WFAN, the All Sports Station, in New York, and became the general manager. And he yeah, for he's a while, a, I think he was programming two stations. Yeah, and then became the general manager. See, I remember an outstanding all that. The second yes. thing of this contest, I don't. And did he you know his a... son? His son is a big deal. Yep. In sports, yeah. right? What is his in son? Do? His son that's is the right. general manager of the. Uh, I was I was communicating with Mark the Cleveland Indians, but that's no longer correct because as of next season they're changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. But he's the, but general, he's the general manager of a wow. major league baseball team. But Mark just yeah. got inducted into the, and I'd never heard of this before. <laughs> he told me the New York State Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Am I in that? We're not in no, that. <laughs> I, never, I don't know. Robin, I think you're in it. I'm not. Um, by the way, when Mark left uh, WFAN, they named the studio after him after he retired. That's nice. Is Mark that Turnall. right? He's a nice guy. So here's the story. Uh, he wanted us to be part of this charity event. I said, you got to do two things and we'll we'll raise a bunch of money. One, you got to show me your cock, which was the biggest mistake I ever. It was so embarrassing. I, it was bad that, for both of you. Yeah, well, I thought it'd be funny I, on the air. And Can I jump in? It was bad no. for all three of us because okay. you, you, said, you, you said, Gary, yeah, he you have to there. come in so it won't be weird. <laughs> it only made it weirder. <laughs> like that would Gary, make it not weird. <laughs> it was Gary, Mark, and I. We walked into the bathroom, and it was Yeah, I weird. remember the echo, you know, because you were in this bathroom. It was and horrible. And you're broadcasting back to me. It was horrible. And the dude opens up his pants, and he's standing there showing me his dick. It was so and, uh, humiliating. It was so frat boy. And he's a sweetheart of a guy, Mark Chernoff. Love him. And uh, pleasure to work with. Not a pain in the ass. Smart guy, too. And I'm like, there's the guy's penis. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what am I doing with my life? But the <laughs> other thing I made him do, which was even worse. What? This guy had a mustache. And I told him, you want to be, 
you want us to do this, you got to shave your mustache into a Hitler mustache, a full <laughs> Hitler mustache, and walk around for 24 hours with that Hitler mustache. And he fucking did it. And I felt so oh, bad because, God. you know, the guy was just trying to raise money for charity. And uh, well, He what, did it. He He cared about that charity and how well they did so much. It was funny as hell. Go ahead, Gary. So, Howard, let's see if you got the point. Mark, give us the answer. And the answer is I had to walk around the radio station for a day with a Hitler mustache, and I also had to expose myself to you in the men's room at K-Rock. Oh, my God. You know, I forgot about the Hitler mustache thing. The penis thing. Well, I you remembered it. Who's feeding you answers? Your memory's not no, that good. No, stop it. I remember <laughs> because you weren't. You, I felt so bad for the dude. I stayed all day and watched him walking around with that Hitler mustache. I had to see what I had, you know, it's like watching TLC. You know, it's wrong, but you have to stand there and watch it. <laughs> he had to go into meetings with jocks and tell them what to do. He had to go meet with salespeople. He had to go meet with clients. It was ridiculous. Yeah, the day just, went on. All those appointments and meetings he had continued. <laughs> and he had that Adolf Hitler mustache, that little square. Holy shit. I don't know how I he felt, did it. I really don't. Oh, I mean, my God. I you don't even... just exposing himself was so humiliating. Ju I don't know how he made it through the rest Ju of the day. Jewish employees were crying. They were so upset. <laughs> I felt bad because I reached out to him, you know, said, hey, we're doing this 40th anniversary. We're doing trivia. You know, would you be part of it? And he's such a nice guy. And he immediately responded with, sure, I guess I'll always be remembered for two things. So he knew already <laughs> before we even gave him the question. I'll bet you there's a lot of dudes at WFAN that didn't realize that I put him in a Hitler mustache and saw his cock. Dude. You know, uh -huh. they see him as, they see him as a very professional. But his son doesn't even know that. Thank goodness that era is over yeah. so that he doesn't have to walk around humiliated again today. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, is the game over? Are we still going? No, we got a couple, more, couple two. more questions. But you're okay. up now, Howard. You're up. Okay. Oh, good. You remember our old buddy Mark Coppola? He worked with us, yeah. uh, did various shifts at K-Rock in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. He's an occasional guest on the show, and this next question is from Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Coppola. Cope, Howard, Robin, Hi. congratulations on your anniversary. This is big. It's huge. My question for you is, I once brought a relative of mine to see the show. Howard and Robin, you were talking about them on the air, and they were hearing it, and they almost walked out of the building. Who was it? Oh, well, first of all, Mark Coppola... Is a, a, a disc jockey. He's been working a long time. I know he used to work with us, but he also worked at uh, that other rock station. I Q104. Q104. Not PLJ. Oh, I think he did work at PLJ. He might have worked at I thought so, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. But the thing, he's a Coppola, for real. He's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Yeah. And uh, he, now, this is a tough question for me because I got two answers I'm mulling over. Get out. I know... Well, let me let me think it through out loud. I'm telling you but what you I'm are thinking. Right now, I'm thinking of the other one. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about Talia Shire, who is in the Rocky movies. She plays Rocky's wife. That was his relative, and that's Francis Ford Coppola's sister, right? That's right. He's got his more relatives. Talia, and then he also his brother is Nicolas Cage. Yes. So Gary's question is, who did uh, Mark Coppola bring to? Her? Fuck, it could have either. I know I've had Nicolas Cage on the show, I think. But was it Nicolas Cage or Talia Shire? And I think she's been on the show, too. This is tough. So, Francis yeah, Ford Coppola's been on the show, Howard. Yeah, I know, I know. 
all, all three Coppola. of the relatives but have been he on the show. He didn't bring in Francis Ford Coppola. It's, right. um, it's either Talia Shire and... Well, I don't want to drag out the show, so I'm going to say Mark Coppola brought in... Talia Shire. Let's let Mark give you the answer. The answer is... Aunt Tally, as you would call her, Talia Shire, who played Adrian and Rocky and Connie and the Godfathers. And she, I don't know what you guys were saying, but whatever it was, she got really scared and got into the elevator, got all the way down to the lobby. And Gary had to go down and get her to bring her back. Say, He's really nice. He's really OK, you know. So it was well, pretty funny. So what is uh, Mark saying? Mark saying that uh, she almost she came- walked out before she did the show and he and she got in the elevator. Go get her. I had to put Howard. I, I put my foot in the elevator door. The door was closed. Yeah. I put my foot in the door, and because she, she was waiting outside, and you were just—I think the whole rap that you used to do was that in any other family, Mark would be a star, but in that family, he's like the loser of the family. And I think it bummed uh, her out. That ain't right. He's no loser. He, he had a no very good radio career. He's no loser. Still does. Howard, he's on like five yeah. stations. He's on like. I think he's on Q104. He's on Light FM in New York. He's on KGB in San Diego, and he does some stuff for iHeartRadio. Well, he's you the what. only DJ working. Yeah, he, you know what it is. He's really he's taking over radio very quietly. <laughs> uh, but nice guy, Mark Coppola. Always liked working with him. And uh, yeah, I just remember being very attracted to Talia Shire. I thought she was hot. I thought maybe she was beautiful. I was, carry, I was carrying on too much, but who knows? All right. I got it right. That's a miracle. That was a tough That's one. That's crazy. I certainly thought you'd go with Nick Cage. I almost did. 50-50. We have a couple more questions. A couple more questions. Robin, would you like to try one more? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah, I think my rap on Mark Coppola was, you know, what a fucking bitch life can be. Because Mark, as, as, as Gary points out, he, he, you know, getting a job in New York radio and maintaining a career in radio is really not easy. Radio stations replace people on a whim. And so the guy has a tremendous career going. But the fucking bad luck is he's got Nicolas Cage, Talia Shire, and Francis Ford Coppola, and even Francis Ford Coppola's father, who's, you know, he's a famous conductor. there's a couple of other kids, you know, like one of Francis's sons is a director, Sophia's a director. You know, she's been nominated for an Academy Award. So I'd say to Mark, I'd go, Mark, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> you're, you're really successful, but unfortunately, you're around. It's like people who get on an airplane. They die. They're famous. But somebody more famous is on the airplane. And, and so you they go, don't even get written about. You don't even get a mention because they're yeah. real well, famous. You, but you, you know what the example of that is? Farrah Fawcett, I think she died like six days before Michael Jackson. Yeah. So everyone was about Farrah, and then everyone forgot about her. It was all about yeah, Michael Jackson. Farrah Fawcett got hosed. People were really carrying on about Farrah Fawcett, and Michael Jackson dies, and that's it. You don't hear a word about her. And um, that's what I was telling, um, you know, Mark Coppola. But anyway, yeah, it's Robin's turn. Go ahead, Gary. Okay, Robin, you remember uh, our old general manager from K-Rock, Tom Chisano? Howard and Tom had some legendary fights over content disagreements. But here's a question about a crazy fight that Tom had and lost. Hi, Howard. Hey, Robin. It's Tom Chisano. Uh, One of the great privileges of my life is working with the two of you for those 20 years. Congratulations on making it for 40. I'm shocked that you put up with him for that long, Robin. 
I, I love you both. It's a historical career the two of you have carved out. My most embarrassing times is when I revealed that I had gotten so angry I had broken my hand in a very oh. embarrassing way. How did that happen? He got into a fight with his suit. <laughs> he got. She's right. He got a, into a fight. He went into his closet and he beat up his suit, his his jacket. And he punched it, but the wall was right there, and he broke his yeah. hand or something. Yeah, <laughs> and he well, broke I remember his that. Wrist or here's something. Tom. Here's Tom to give the answer. I had punched out my suit that I was hanging up to get ready for work the next day. My poor wife. She heard me punch the suit. Came around the corner. I, I knew I'd done something really bad to my hand. I'm now sitting in a bathroom, trying to run cold water on it. And Penelope comes around the corner, looks at me, and I just looked at her and said, "Not now." <laughs> <laughs> We goofed on him relentlessly for, for yeah, because he got, came in with his arm in a sling or something, or a cast yeah. on his hand. And he goes, "I got into a, you know, I I, I punched my suit." I go, "You got into your a fight with your suit and you lost. That's embarrassing." <laughs> Even I win when I box my suit. <laughs> I win. Yeah, your suit has never taken you down. My suit didn't break my hand. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's funny. I'm still in touch with Tom Chiasano. We email each other a couple of times a week. Uh, love the guy. How and a week? Yeah, I hear from Tom all the time. Or Penelope. She still does art. And uh, there's a guy, a survivor. While we were working with him, he got stage four cancer. They put him in. It's a crazy story. They put him in the hospital they put him in some kind of program that was experimental. It was, it was uh, a, one of those trials, you know, trials. When testing a drug to see if it'll work on a particular kind of cancer. They put him in the trial. They had about 13 people in the trial to try out this new drug because they basically he had stage four cancer. He was a goner. Well, you remember, well, he kept getting it removed and it kept coming back. You know, he struggled with it a long time. And then they finally were like, there's no, we don't have anything else that we can cut out. We now have to, you know, we only have chemo or whatever. And so he tried all those things. None of them worked. And they put him in the trial. Put him in the trial with 13 other people. All the people died except for Tom. The drug worked on yeah. him. Completely cancer-free guy still alive. Hasn't and, had uh, another outbreak. Uh, you nothing. Know. Knock on wood. And, and, you know, I'll give you a cool fact about him. He's he's really into giving back. So he, he's in his 12th year. He volunteers at Sloan Kettering where he talks to people who are sick and, you know, tries to guide them through it and, and give them uh, moral support, which I think is really cool. He's a good dude. Good-hearted guy. Good-looking guy. Every girl wanted to dude. fuck this guy. He <laughs> uh, might be too wife for you now, Robin. To... to this great lunch every year at the Four Seasons. Didn't you want to have sex with him? You did, right? Fuck me. Well, again, don't you want to have a, have sex with every good-looking person? Yeah, I'm asking you about time. You wanted to fuck his brains out from what I remember. He was gorgeous. Hey, what you got in your yeah, he was like a movie star. Women would walk in and melt. It was and, like and you've got a model for a general manager. <laughs> 